I can't say I'm disappointed to hear there won't be wedding bells. I like Robert, but when you're around him, you always seem like a bird with its wings clipped. I never thought of it that way. But Bernie had a point. It had happened so gradually she hadn't even noticed. There were the little things, like his penchant for being early, which required she set her watch ahead, his gentle lectures when she made choices that didn't turn out so well, and his playful jabs about her lack of structure and having her head in the clouds. But lately, the lectures and playful jabs had felt more like criticism. I think you need to get out and celebrate your freedom. What have you wanted to do but couldn't with Robert around? She thought for a moment, then broke into a smile. Get a puppy. Robert always insisted they're not practical for people who work full time. Bernie dismissed the argument with a wave of her hand. I'll poo. Who says you need to be practical? If you want a puppy, you should go by the Humane Society tonight and take one home. Jamie nodded, a sudden sense of freedom sweeping over her. I just might do that. Bernie crossed an ankle over her knee and settled back in the chair. Guess who I ran into at the Daily Grind this morning? Elizabeth McAllister's grandson, and woo-wee, is he a fine one. Isn't he a little young for you? I'm not thinking of me, silly girl. Well, don't think of me either. I'm not looking. Her name was going to be mud once Beulah got a hold of the news the wedding of the century was off. The last thing Jamie needed was to check out the newcomer. At least she would have a short reprieve. Since Robert left for Wisconsin early this morning, he probably hadn't had the time or the desire to fill his aunt in on the latest development. Methinks thou protested too much, but that's okay. He's staying at the Holiday Inn, and you're going to see him. What? She blurted the word. Several people looked their way, and she lowered her voice. What are you talking about? Your first assignment? I already ran it by David, and he agreed wholeheartedly. Jamie narrowed her eyes. This isn't another one of your harebrained matchmaking schemes, is it? You're unjustly accusing me, my dear. When I walked into David's office, that was the furthest thing from my mind. Remember, I thought you were engaged to Robert. And now? Bernie tilted her head and shrugged. She was an incorrigible matchmaker. She just wasn't very good at it. Over the years, she'd orchestrated dozens of disasters. Her few successes were people who'd gotten together in spite of her matchmaking attempts rather than because of them. I'll never tell, but you'll be doing a feature article on the McAllisters, the estate, the McAllisters themselves, all the secrecy surrounding them, and, she added with a wink, this red-hot grandson. With that, she turned to face her monitor and began to click away on the keyboard. Jamie shook her head. In spite of all the matchmaking Bernie had tried for others, she'd never found that special someone for herself. He would have to be one jewel of a man to put up with all her eccentricities. Jamie flipped the page back on her legal pad, exposing a clean one. At the top, she wrote, McAllister Feature, emphasizing it with a double underline. This assignment was going to be fun. She would get to do some in-depth reporting, digging into the past, uncovering the mystery that had always shrouded the McAllisters. Thirty-something years ago, they were the creme de la creme of Charlotte society and awed the residents of Murphy with grand entertainment and lavish parties.
Then, with no explanation, they sold everything, holed up at the Murphy estate, and became hermits. Her job was to find out why. She would start with an online search and see what she could pull up on the McAllister family. She would also pore over old issues of the Cherokee Scout, maybe even talk to Hilda Parker, who'd been head librarian for a couple of decades before retiring a few years ago. But her most valuable source would be Flora Jensen. If she could find her and if Flora would talk. She'd been the McAllister's housekeeper for upwards of 40 years, and the only one to step foot inside the sprawling house since the day the doors of hospitality had closed for good. After Franklin McAllister died and Elizabeth McAllister was moved to Shady Meadows, Flora went back to Charlotte, and no one had seen or heard from her since. Jamie picked up her pen and wrote, Google McAllister's, then...